Welcome to the Mariner's Church Life Group Leader Podcast. This weekly conversation is designed to equip and resource you to build a healthy life group community that studies God's Word, practices spiritual rhythms, and changes the world together. Welcome back to the Life Group Leader Podcast. This is Jared, and joined with me is Jeremy Maxfield today. Jeremy, it is good to be back on the podcast. Uh, it is. This ju- is fun. I'm glad to be back with you. Yes. John, we love John, but we needed to give him a break. You know what I mean? He's got a lot going on. He does. He's a busy guy with uh, Rooted and Life Group season kicking off here at the church. And so I'm excited to spend some time with you as we look at a brand new fall series. But before we get into that, what are you excited about for fall? As as the season has come, what's your favorite fall thing? Oh, gosh. And please don't say like pumpkin spice lattes at Starbucks. No, I don't, I don't really do much pumpkin. Uh, but I just, the weather cooling down. I love to be outside. And so these past several mornings, like letting the dog out in the morning and things, it's like starting to get cooler. Uh, I just, this has been my favorite time of year since I was a little kid. I just love, I love everything about the fall. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, the weather turn here is a little different than the weather turn in uh, the old state of Tennessee, but you know, cause cool mornings for us means like 70. So <laughs> that's right. And I, I learned yesterday that y'all are entering into what you call local summer. Is that right? Local like- summer is exactly right. Yeah. So we get like September and October is like the best beach time because no one's there. And that's the, right. the, the weather is the same as it is in July and August. So <laughs> jokes on you tourists. Well, as we start off, uh, as well, obviously we're all a bit excited about the fall, but one of the reasons I'm most excited is we're starting a new series here that's all about our identity in Jesus. And um, the, the really, as, as somebody who's pastored a church for many, many years, this is a conversation that comes up consistently and often, and it's one in which we will circle probably for the rest of our life, our, our, the, the untangling of our own identity and what it means to be our, our true identity in the person of Jesus as a Jesus follower um, will always, it, it may be a circular thing for us that we're going to just hit deeper and over and over again over the course of our life as things change, as we mature, as circumstances change, and all of that. And so, you know, Jeremy, I know you've you've done a great work for us in preparing these these questions. I'm so excited uh, to get into this content with our life groups. But before we get too far, we're excited to have um, Eric with us, who's going to walk us through the overview of this series. And he's got some great stuff for us just about um, what to look forward to, best practices, and some fun things that are going to happen within this series. So, Jeremy, before yeah. we get into week one content, let's uh, jump over to Eric and uh, his conversation about the overview of this series. Great. Eric, thanks for joining us. We're grateful to spend a couple minutes with you and just talk about the series overview. You are, this is our fall series. It's one that we're all really excited yeah. about it. Um, give us just a sense of why this series, why now, and what you're excited yeah. about. Yeah. Anytime Kirkwood says, hey, come get on a microphone and talk to all of our group leaders, I'm like, yes, totally. And so group leader, if you are listening to this while you're exercising or riding your car or you know, if you got this on, fa- like, you know, the the two speed, and I'm talking super fast right now. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to slow down so you can pick it up. Hopefully, and, they're not using this to fall asleep at night. Yes, right? hopefully you're you not. Know? 
laying in bed, like, I can't go to sleep. I'm going to turn on the Geiger talk for a little bit. But I just want to say thank you for being a group leader. I am really confident in what God's doing in our church because of people like you. And I say that because as God brings new people to our church and as people meet Jesus and as he does a work in their life, I, I really do wish I could shepherd personally every single person. I enjoy I enjoy shepherding every person. But at a, you know, in a church the size of Mariners or even, even a church of 100 people, it's impossible for the senior pastor to do that. But yet people need to be shepherded, and we use groups at Mariners Church to to be sure that people are in a community of being cared for and shepherded with others and in relationships that encourage them. And that doesn't happen without you. So I realize that as I'm talking to you, I'm talking to more than just you. And so I just want to say thank you. So the question that Jared asked is about our fall teaching series. It is called You Are, and it's it's the that's the first two words in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. So 1 Peter 2, verse 9 is you are... A, chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Hmm. Um, I might have jumboed multiple translations together just then because that's from memory. So that's First <laughs> Peter 2, 9 and 10, but it begins with, you are... And so for six weeks, we're going to walk through every phrase of that incredible passage so you are a child. You're his chosen. You're his child. You're his chosen people. You're adopted. You are a royal priest. You can go into his presence. You are a holy nation. You've been forgiven. You're his bride. You're a people belonging to him. So you're his servant. He owns you. He's conquered your heart, and you. All of that is so that you can declare his praises. You are an ambassador that declares his praises. And then you get down to verse 11, which we'll jump into for one week. You're an alien and stranger here. So this isn't your home. You're an alien in this world. So in those several verses, Peter reminds the people of who they are. And we know, and you know this, group leader, that people are, are, are constantly asking, how can I know myself? Um, People look, jump on Ancestry.com to figure out their heritage so they can know themselves. They'll say, I'm looking for a new job because I have to find myself, or I'm taking a break from this activity for a year because I need to find myself. There's this longing to find ourselves, and in the Scripture we see that we don't have to find ourselves. That's a, that's a horrible burden to live under. We get to just enjoy who Christ has already declared us to be, who's he, who has made us to be. So that's the teaching series um, it, overview. It, it's going to focus, our, the weekend teaching is going to focus a lot more on identity than activity. Um, and I think that's, that's important to think about as a group leader. Hmm. Um, there, there is activity that we are to do as Christians, but that activity is always rooted in our identity. And as a group leader, if you jump to activity, hey, do this, do this, do this, you can actually enslave people with a list of do's or don'ts that they're unable to live out if they don't first really relish who they are. So activity in the scripture always follows identity. Right. So in this um, series, we're going to really spend more time on identity. So you are these things. Now, I think in our group time, you'll probably, because conversations will always go towards, okay, what does this mean for me? How do I live this out? And so for example, let's talk about the week where you are his priest. 
Well, the fact that you're his priest, that you can go into the most holy place and spend time with God, the activity that that will generate would be more prayer. Right. It would cause me to want to pray more. And pray differently. Pray, pray more deeply, pray, pray for people the way a priest would pray to pe- for people, right? But the, 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 t- the teaching isn't starting with, hey, go pray this way. Mm. The teaching's starting with, you're a priest, that's your identity, Therefore, the activity mm-hmm. is this, but that's because you're a priest. Mm-hmm. So it starts the, with identity. One of the things I, I love about just the way you're framing this is a lot of times, as you mentioned, people go out and they try to find themselves. And the assumption is when I find myself, then the outflowing of my life is I will do what's congruent with what I've discovered about myself or how I'm labeling myself. Yep. And very often how someone labels themselves is a, is a singular facet. Yes. When they discover their purpose, when they when they find that vocation, mm-hmm. they live out based off a singular idea. This passage, First Peter two nine, is a multifaceted, very deep perspective of who we are in Jesus. Yeah, it, it, you're right. I, I haven't thought about it that way. That's good. That's good perspective, Jared. It's definitely more than just you know I'm. I'm a CEO or exactly. I'm a, an I'm, I'm a coach or an, an athlete. An obtain, you know? entertainer or whatever. Yeah. The, the scripture just in a couple of verses says, man, you're a lot of these things. Right. You're a lot of things in all of these things. You're That's all right. of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for, for our groups, when you think about um, even just the Christian, by just saying, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian, that's, that's a label that... Uh, we carry with us wherever we go. And mm-hmm. sometimes we're proud of that. And other times some people yeah. are not very proud of that. And it can be confusing and conflicting. Yep. But this this series, You Are, allows us to see in each of these six weeks, based off of one verse, yeah. that there is depth and beauty to the multidimensional, um, you know, beautiful picture of what it really means to be a part of the church. Yeah. It will it will impact every aspect of our life. Totally. And, and the fact that it's an identity that we don't achieve. You know, people spend mm. so much time trying to achieve their identity. Right. Um, I think it's in week four that I talk about um, a time in my life when I was embarrassed by my title mm-hmm. and me wanting another title. And so you, um, you can spend a lot of time trying to find a new identity. And the scripture is just reminding us that it's all by grace that we aren't achieving these, these titles, this identity. It's yeah. only, it's given to us, you know? And so the baseline being, this is who you are, yep. and focusing on identity, of course, as you've mentioned, there's going to be a, the outflowing of that is then the activity. Yep. And a lot of our group discussion does provide opportunities totally. to pray, to serve, to yeah. be involved in It things. should, because we do want to do things because of who we are. That's right. And, but, but we never confuse that we, we shape our identity by doing these activities. Right. Our identity is. Right, because if we think the other way, if you start with, as a leader, act, as a group leader, if you start with activity before identity, you can actually unintentionally train people to think that their acting is what creates the identity. Yeah, that's right. Which is the opposite mm-hmm. of grace. Mm-hmm. It would be like unintentionally teaching someone that you work for your salvation. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to unintentionally teach someone that you work for your identity. Right. Your identity is given by grace from God to mm-hmm. you. But now that you are the, the you're now that you are this person. So like week three is you're the bride. Uh huh. Well, then sin is adultery Ooh. if I'm married to Jesus. Right, right. You know? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's... So, clearly, there's some activity related to my identity, but... Mm-hmm. but so, what I'm going to try to do 
that week in our teaching, what I hope happens is that people will just be so in awe that I, I'm clothed in a robe of righteousness. Yeah. Why would I ever want to sin? Because I'm, I have the best there is. Why would I want another, yeah. another lover? I have, I have Jesus. I have the best, you know? Wow. Oh my gosh. I can't wait for that week. So I think, um, when you, when you're talking to life group leaders, giving them some kind of a, a insight or best practice, helping them always bring the conversation to it is it is identity that has been yeah. given and not achieved. And then our activity is a beautiful response based off That's of. Right. What's another? Are there other yeah. things that you would, would give us just as insights or best practices? I think how you said it's another good way to frame it as a group leader. Um, hey, because we are this, what's our response? You know, um, so are we really in awe that we are his child? Hey, you're his child. So what what do we do now that we're his child? So it's the what do we do because, mm. you know, in response to. Um, mm. How does our new identity change Monday morning? You know, yep. it it's just really framing the question as a group leader that you're, you're, the starting place is identity, but it then impacts activity. And the good news is as a group leader, when somebody in our group, hopefully everybody in our group, when they practice these things, either one of the seven rhythms or they, you know, they, they choose to serve somewhere, join a volunteer team. It gives us a real easy place to affirm based off of their identity. Yeah. That's well, I should say affirm rooted in their identity, not just simply because they're behaving the way that we want to. And it's so liberating to know that you you are you are these things because the world's going to tell you your identity is this, your identity is that, and and you know we live in a in a um, culture now where there's a lot of conversation about identity in terms of even your your own gender. You can you know that's right change your gender. I I, I took um and this isn't a point in the sermon, but it this would be help maybe helpful for group leaders um, just because I don't have time in the whole sermon to unpack all of this, but. Um, not in this series anyway, mm-hmm. but uh, there, there's a museum in San Francisco called the Exploratorium. It's, it's the best science museum for kids I've ever been to. I took Evie, my youngest, there a couple of years ago, maybe, maybe 18 months ago now, and we walked through, and there was a whole section at the end, and it was definitely a section that was advocating gender fluidity. Mm-hmm. You know, you can kind of become who you want to be. You can choose your identity, right. essentially. And so I thought, wow, this is going to be interesting what kind of conversations it brings up with Evie. So we went through that whole museum, and we sat down in front of the, um, the, the um, presentation. It wasn't the whole museum about this, but there was one whole section that right. was, a, it was, a, it was their seasonal emphasis. Okay. You know, it was like mm-hmm. this whole section. And we sat in front of it, and there was a, a quote by a scientist or a psychologist that was saying things that used to be viewed as fixed, identities that used to be viewed as fixed, are now understood to be fluid. Hmm. And so I, I asked Evie, I said, Evie, do you, do you understand what that's saying? Um, she's like, I think so. What, what is it saying, Daddy? It's saying that, that, that you every day can wake up and you can live with the burden of trying to decide who you are. Now, do you think that's a great way to live? Or, or what about living this way? We sing a song at church, Evie. Um, I am who you say I am. Mm-hmm. I am who you say I am. Wh- which way do you think is more freeing? Which is happier? Which is a better way to live? Right. You living with a burden every day of trying to decide who you are 
or just resting in who God has already said you are. She's like, Dad, I want to just be who God says I am, right? Yeah. That's an, a, an illustration about, yeah. you know, that kind of identity. But it, it does relate to this identity, priest, bride, servant, mm-hmm. ambassador, um, child, mm-hmm. you know, all alien, all of these. We, we, we don't, you don't have to live with the pressure of trying to be something. Right. You can be the things that he's already said you are. That's right. And, and I wonder if it's similar to the fruit of the spirit in this way, that you are not one of these. It's not your responsibility yeah, to good. choose one. It's a, as a follower of uh-huh. Jesus, these are who you yeah. are. No, that's right? good. You can't, just like fruit of spirit, you can't be like, well, I'm not going to do joy today. Or I'm not <laughs> right. going to do peace. Right. Yeah, it's not like I can say, you know, I'm not going to be a priest today. Right. Yeah, that's good. Right. It's just You're all who of these we things. Are. Yeah. yeah. Well, as we as we look at this series, we've got we've got six weeks of what I what I'm hearing today will be pivotal in many people's lives when we get to experience the freedom, even in that illustration with Evie, the freedom of being able to stand secure on who we actually are and not have to wake up and have the burden of of um trying to figure out who we are or, or at worst prove ourselves to God that we are these things. I yeah. promise. Let me, let me show you that I am. This is real freeing. Um, inside this series, within these six weeks, what are some things that you're excited about? What are uh, We have Outreach Weekend yep, as a part totally. of this series. Uh, we're going to do a lot of stuff. Right? Yeah. We're going to start Rooted. We're going yeah. to do Marriage Matters, but, we're but gonna, Outreach. Let's talk about Outreach. We're going to do a lot. So here I am saying it's identity, not activity. But we're going to do a lot of activity. That's right. And, and, but we're going to root that activity in our identity. So there's so many action steps flowing out of this series. So very first week, child, we're going to invite people to stand and say, I believe. Mm. So we're going to see people, um, you know, I think people are going to be listening to this at different times. So maybe that's already happened or maybe it's about to happen. But people are going to respond to Jesus and that's become right. his children. Uh, on the week of servant, we're going to have a ministry expo. Yes. where people can who are not yet serving. Yeah, so maybe join a ministry yeah, team. Join, yeah, kids ministry, totally. guest services, something. Yeah. yeah, help out in junior high. And so you might have leader uh, leaders, you might have people in your group who are not yet serving, and that week will be a time where they're invited to, they're a servant to serve because servants serve. And then the week on ambassador, which is the last week of the series, will be outreach weekend. So you're an, because you're an ambassador, we live on mission in the places that we've been sent and we've been sent here. We all live, we live here. And so how do we be an ambassador where we've been sent? So throughout the series, there is activity that is mentioned and it, but it's tied to our, our identity. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a beautiful reminder that we, we want to have both sides of those as part of the conversation because we can't just have a bunch of intellectual knowledge-based conversations without it ever moving to heart and emotion and action, yeah. right? And then if you focus too far on the other side, uh, then it's a little bit like you were saying, I'm going to start to figure out like my works is going to justify my right, salvation, totally. right? Which is, which uh, both, uh, both can happen and it's okay, but it's good that we're able to really provide opportunity, but also base it off of the foundation of our identity. So awesome. Any final, um, just encouragement, advice, anything you want to give to our, our leaders? I'm excited about about this fall. I'm excited about what God's going to do in your group. And thanks for shepherding the people that the Lord's entrusted to you. All right. Well, thank you, Eric. We'll see you uh, at the beginning of the next series. Awesome. Looking forward to it. What a great time to spend with Eric. Um, 
it's so fun to hear his passion and enthusiasm for God's word and for what it's going to do at our church. It's just got me even more excited about where we're going to go together over the next several weeks. So Jeremy, um, why don't you walk us into week one? What's the big takeaway, the big idea for this week? Yeah, so we start right away uh, looking at how the Lord has adopted us as his sons and daughters, and he set his love upon us, and we're actually children of God. Um, and as as a child, we, we trust our Heavenly Father. And so uh, over this series, looking at kind of this multifaceted, uh, taking this multifaceted look at our identity in Christ, it, it really is life-changing. And like you said, it's something we, we circle back to throughout our lives, um, but everything flows out of how we see our identity. And so when we learn to see our identity in Christ, it, it truly changes everything. And I, I try to avoid hyperbole, but this really is, it changes everything. And so we start right away with looking at being a child of God and that that's foundational to our relationship with him and understanding what it means to live out our Christian faith. We're a child of God and we have a good and loving, trustworthy, heavenly father. Yeah, it's really important that we start here, and it kind of is why we always start here. You know, we're going to talk in this series about being his bride, his priest, his servant, his ambassador. Like, there's some beautiful foundational elements of having our identity found in Jesus, but if we do not grasp the fact that God, our Heavenly Father, has adopted us into his own family— we are going to miss out on the depth of the relationship that God wants to have for us. We are not a worker of his before mm-hmm. we are a child of his. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love the way you put that, that before we are a child of his, because as part of the family, there, there are family responsibilities. There are things that we're entrusted with to do, uh, not just that we have to do. Uh, we don't do anything to earn his affection and his love, but there are things that as part of the family we get to do. Um, but it starts with being his, his child. Yeah, that's great. So one of the most troubling things about that is, um, most of us, uh, I think I can say that most of us have some, some difficult family of origin issues, right? Mm. We, we run into these conversations all the time and rooted in life groups. It's not uncommon to sit across the dinner table from somebody and we're struggling with our understanding of being a child of God because our own earthly parents or upbringing, or brokenness, or even in our own relationships, things are a struggle. So Jeremy, how, how will this week's conversation in our life groups help us right-size our understanding of being a child of God as it is potentially in contrast of our own earthly family of origin things? Yeah, so our leaders will see that in the in the look-in section, as we start kind of applying this text to our, our own lives, there is a question about whether or not thinking of of God as Father is helpful or challenging. And so, even if we come from from good, solid, healthy families, there are things that can just kind of we, we kind of get hung up on. And so, um, helping people see that even those pain points really point us to the fact that there is something that we know is true or better. Like the reason I know this hurts. Um, is because I know it shouldn't be this way. As a life group, I think this is going to be an opportunity for our groups to really bond even closer together, especially for our newer life groups who are still trying to get to know each other. Um, Man, to be able to talk about what is it? It's a really vulnerable place to talk about being a child of God, to being his in that kind of way. And so it's going to be beautiful to see what God does in, in these groups. Now, one of the unique things about this series is that we have one anchor passage. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we did over the course of the summer, we had an anchor book, but in this series, we have one passage of scripture. Jeremy, uh, how are how are you going to help us filter that through each and every week of this series as it comes to our discussion questions? Yeah. So as we as we look at the text each week, we look down at God's word. We're going to have First Peter two nine, which is our theme verse through the series. And then another passage that kind of helps us understand whatever dynamic we're looking at this week. And I would really encourage leaders to ask people in their groups, you know, you're used to this in Rooted, but we don't do this often in our life groups, uh, at least not in the the guides. Encourage people to memorize 1 Peter 2.9. And each week as we come back to the text, uh, try to say it together as a group, or you could call on people uh, who feel like they've they've had it memorized, but do this as a leader. I would encourage you to to memorize this, practice it each week. Uh, and so I'm going to read it just real quick. Now, First Peter two nine says, "But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the One who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light." Um, what a <laughs> What a beautiful passage. And so it's worth, I'm so glad we get to slow down and walk through each facet of that uh, part of our identity uh, together as a church family. It's one of those passages um, that just punch out so many things about our identity and all of them need explanation. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to this series as a chance to not only hear about it on the weekend, but to dive into discussion throughout the week into our life groups. So as we close out week one, Jeremy, any final thoughts or best practices, any things that we need to watch out for um, in our groups? Yeah, I would just encourage leaders as as you discuss this, especially with the language of being a chosen race and when talking about being adopted, uh, I would encourage people not to get hung up on or distracted by like predestination versus free will type debates or discussions, but really the point of the language there in First Peter and and the biblical imagery is is simply the fact that God wants us, like God wants a relationship with us, and the fact that our Creator, our Heavenly Father, has has done literally everything to engage us, embrace us as his children uh, should transform our lives in such a powerful and beautiful way. That's so humbling, but so encouraging and affirming at the same time. So just to, to really recognize the power of that word to be chosen by God as his child um, is simply the fact that he wants relationship with us. That's great. Well, thank you for that, Jeremy. I'm looking forward to walking through this series with you. Thanks for the effort that you put into these discussion questions again. And life group leaders, uh, please know that as always, we are praying for you. We are here for you. If there's anything that you need as we kick off this series, if it's resources or prayer um, questions that you have, please reach out to us. We want to come alongside you and support however we can, because you matter deeply to us. You are a critical component to the kingdom of God as you lead these beautiful groups. Um, you are the church. You are doing amazing things. And so uh, we couldn't be more excited about you, and we want to we want to help wherever we can. So with that, thanks for joining in on week one of this episode. We will see you next week.